so listen, it's been incredibly hot. Yes. Um, there are threats of strikes. Yes. Inflation is at its highest for decades. Yeah. Um, we're basically back in the mid-70s, aren't we? I think we are. It feels like it. 1976. Yeah. So that's good news for us because that means that our, our humour is is at last back in vogue. <laughs> every cloud exactly. has a silver lining. Yeah. <laughs> it's us. Yeah. And our clothing? Yeah, clothing as well. Yeah, why not? <laughs> I'm going to get my tank top out now and my kipper tie. We're there. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to um, episode 207, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. I imagine that's the case. It usually follows 206. <laughs> and um, <laughs> and I'm, I'm Nick Page. Welcome to the Mid-Faith Crisis. There's Joe Davis. Hello. Mm. How you doing, buddy? Uh, yeah. Okay. I, I want to start off just by saying a massive thank you to the love from all the listeners I've received mm. over the last week regarding my mum passed away last week thank you all of you you are beautiful people you know who you are thank you much appreciated excellent how many pairs of glasses are you wearing by the way i've just noticed <laughs> oh you've got a pair of sunglasses on as well on the top of your head i forgot they were on okay That's... so it's like the geezer from repair shop you know he's always yeah. got multiple layers <laughs> of yeah, glasses but, but he's of some use to... yeah. i don't know what your point is <laughs> he has skills <laughs> he can repair things it's true <laughs> Um, yes, so uh, how is your, how's things? How's your life oh, going? You know, it's just weird, isn't it? I mean, mm. I'm getting on. I don't know whether I should be working or whether to not work. I think, you know, if I work, I feel a bit unhappy. If I don't work, I think I'll feel unhappy. <laughs> I think it's just, just yeah. it's just one of those things. And people who've lost parents know how this goes, don't yeah. they? It's just, it's just weird for a while. It's not that I'm overly sad or overly stressed. I just feel a bit detached and just kind of want to just sit in a corner somewhere and stare at a wall for a bit, really. Okay. That, that kind of would suit me, really, which is weird for me. So, uh, yeah, but I tell you what, we've been cooling off in the sea and that's been lovely. And, um, yeah, Zooming my brothers, which is quite an unusual thing to get them all together on a Zoom. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's, that's quite something. That's been quite nice. Go and see Rob Bell tomorrow. Oh, oh! So. You give him my love. I will. Yeah, sure. I mean, say I'll say hello. I'll remind him that he said no to coming on the podcast. Well, when I say he did, what I mean is his people did. He didn't have the opportunity to say yes. no. <laughs> Somebody many layers down from him. Yes, exactly. Exactly. One of his underlings. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Good. So, so that's that's all going on. Um, yeah. Other than not really knowing what to do with myself, all is. All is as well as these things can be, I think. Hmm. Had to make a decision about the funeral, and obviously I'm going to do it. I mean, like it's it could be stupid and foolish, but but I can't trust someone else to do it. <laughs> so. No, well, it does. It does seem like uh, you do have <laughs> yeah, the I've requisite got, skills. I've got an inside know. track on this. Yeah, stuff, yeah. Right? <laughs> I don't know if you're used to doing them, but you know. Yeah. 
Oh dear, oh dear. So yeah, so that's that's it. And and how about you? And and can I ask how was your weekend? It was fabulous. So was went it? to stay in a shepherd's hut in a sculpture park. I mean, it's quite Nick and Claire, really, isn't it? Yeah, that's yeah. that's you. That is you. So it was funny, really, because it wasn't far away. It's uh, in a place called the Cotswold Water Park down oh. in Simon Sester. Uh, so only in about 50 minutes from us. But I've realised that's often the way with things. You see, you don't really know the areas that are about 45 minutes from yeah, you. Yeah, sure. Yeah. You, you know the ones that are two. You either go two hours drive or something or you go close to home. But you don't really yes. go to that mid-distance that in-betweeny at all. bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it was lovely. So I didn't really know the area and it was great. And we stayed in this beautiful place. And, of course, the weather was great. And mm. it was all very quirky and eccentric and very us. And um, <laughs> had some nice food. Yeah, so it was lovely. It was a lovely weekend. Yeah, good. So but it's been good. too hot, hasn't it? It's been very hot. It has been warm. We've struggled to keep the dog cool. Ah, um, Bill, bless him. He, he didn't seem to appreciate any of the efforts that we made for him. You know, there was, so we read the BBC site, which said, how to keep your pet cool and you're supposed to sort of dampen a towel right and so they can lie on a cool towel so we did all this we took the damp towel down and he just walked off upstairs he just took one look at it he thought i'm not going on that that's damp <laughs> discerning dog <laughs> so what can you do really what can you do that's great hey by the way look i know we're not really doing feedback this week but i did have this intriguing one from peter who hmm. you remember we were talking about hermits a few weeks back oh yeah yeah you remember yeah. that he said he said following the discussion on hermits he said what would you call a group of hermits i thought that was a great <laughs> question actually i think you'd call them a monastery actually but you know <laughs> Ah, What's yeah, the collective no. noun for it? Yeah, a loneliness of hermits. Uh... A Herman. Herman. <laughs> the German. A, a joke, a Herman of hermits joke for a certain people of a certain age there. Um, yeah, uh, I don't know. Well, there you are. If anyone's got any ideas, let us know. Uh, thank you. So anyway, the reason we're not doing feedback today is because we've got an interview that you've done. Yes, indeed, with our just our just a lovely, lovely friend, Brian McLaren. And I say that like he's someone we're really close to, which of course we're not, but he always feels like a friend. He is gracious and kind and lovely, and he likes the podcast, whether he's ever listened to it. I have no idea, but, you know, he, mm. he thinks... Well, he likes the, the title, doesn't he? He loves the title of our mm. podcast, so that's yeah. great. And he's just so genuine in, and warm and engaging and interested. So that's that's good. Can't be said of all authors, but certainly of the <laughs> <laughs> I can't think who you're thinking of. But no. I thought it was a great interview. It's a brilliant interview, Joe. Well done. Uh, well, you know, for doing it in the midst of everything else that's going on in your life, I thought it was well, great. The, the toughest bit was in the midst of a heat wave and having yeah. to close the window in my office because there's too much noise outside. I was roasting. <laughs> it must have been about 34 degrees in it. It's great. I mean, it can work sometimes. I'd love, by the way, that bit we put on the last week's podcast with your mum's chew. That was just great. Oh, I and what I particularly loved about it was the right at the beginning as she started to play the, the seagull. Was Oh, is that right? Uh, I in the background. That. Oh, it was lovely. It, was, it felt like Desert Island Discs or something, if you remember that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, that was great. Thanks for putting that on. That was a bit of a surprise to me. I should tell yeah. you. Yeah. 
listeners one day what I said to you when I heard you've done I think, that. I think they can guess. Now, anyway, uh, listen, so it's a great interview. So uh, it's about his book. Set us up. Set us up for it then. So Brian McLaren, whose writings, yeah, I think I speak on behalf of many listeners. I know we just love, we just love them. They've helped us and they've guided us. And he's written a new book, which is going to come out in um, uh, less than a month's time, probably a few weeks time uh, in this country. And it's called Do I Stay Christian? A Guide for the Doubters, the Disappointed and the Disillusioned. And, um, you know, if we had a quid for everyone who says, I, you know, I don't know whether I should still call myself. I mean, we've said it, I've said it. So, you know, he's articulating something in this book that I think many of us are feeling. Um, so that's probably set up enough, I think. That's absolutely fine. Yeah. Well, it's it's a sheer delight to welcome back to the Mid-Faith Crisis podcast, our dear friend. And I call you friend, Brian, because it really feels that what's what you are. So Brian McLaren, welcome back. <laughs> I'm glad to be with you, Joe. And once again, you have, I think, one of the best podcast names on the planet. <laughs> Thank you. Well, listen, not that I want to blow sunshine up where it shouldn't shine, but I want to say that you have written a fantastic title for your latest book. And it's uncanny. This is what I love about you, Brian. And this is why you feel like a friend, even though we're not that close. You feel like a friend because... Your writings over the past 20 years have have an uncanny knack of always scratching where it itches. It's like you're thinking about something and you're trying to articulate something, but you can't quite do it. And it started with a new kind of Christian for me, and it's just continued ever since. So when you wrote the book with the title, Do I Stay Christian? A Guide for the Doubters, the Disappointed and the Disillusioned. There's, there's hosts of us who are just having that same question. I was genuinely saying to people, do do we do we call ourselves Christians or do we not? You know, it's got so much baggage now that we just ought to. And there you go. You go and write a book. So, you know, hats <laughs> off to you, Brian McLaren. <laughs> well, we're, we're all in the same mess. So we're uh, we're trying to figure out what to do. We sure are. So I want you to take us through the sort of layout of the book and how you formed it. But first of all, let's let's just start with an obvious question. Why this book? Why now? Yes. Well, uh, as you just said, uh, Joe, so many people are. Uh, disaffiliating from Christian faith. Of course, it's been going on for a long time. Yeah. Um, you know, a hundred years in your country, really, there's been a, mm. a, a this sort of a, a shift, demographic, measurable yeah. shift. Mm. Um, here on my side of the pond, um, I think it's really been accelerating in recent years. The United States was always kind of outlier that it kept people going to church longer than a lot of other countries. Mm. But um, yeah, it feels like it's accelerating, uh, complicated by politics. Yeah, but also how. intensified. You know, we're having this conversation on this day of record-breaking heat. Yes, and, indeed, uh, yeah. across much of the world, but especially where you are. Mm. And when people feel like our very existence is threatened by what we're doing to the planet, and so much of our religion pays no attention to it, and even often yeah. promotes ideas and policies that make things worse. No wonder a lot of people say, yeah. Yeah. why do I wanna keep investing my time, my money, and my reputation mm -hmm. um, in this thing? So 
yeah, it's it's out there, and I think it's uh, and it's going to get it's going to continue to be a big issue for years to come. Okay, so I should say that the book is not out yet. I think it comes out in this country around about the fourth of August. Um, yes, just yeah, 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 something like that. I think so. So, explain to people how you've. Uh, laid it out because it could be a very short book this couldn't it do i stay christian i mean you could just answer that in one word so why don't you explain how how you formatted it this time sure well when i was writing the book i knew i wanted to write about the struggle of christian identity um and by the way it's not just you know in the uk and in the us i mean there's a version of this in brazil um mm. and there's a version of this in uh in russia um, right now, because yeah. Russian Orthodoxy has been the standard bearer of Christianity. Uh, and what's been going on with Vladimir Putin and major yeah. leaders in the Russian Orthodox Church giving him carte blanche and religious camouflage. Yeah. Um, many people there are going through similar version of of this struggle. It's happening in various ways uh, uh, in many places in, in the world. And I did not want to write a book that just said, here's why you should stay Christian, whether you want to or not, yeah, <laughs> you know, sure. um, because that would just give people another reason um, not to, uh, because so often we're, we're argued into doing things that don't feel or seem right, or we're guilt tripped into them or threatened into them. And this is a big part of, um, you know, the problem. Sure. Um, so what I felt I needed to do was I needed to take the reasons why people would leave Christian faith seriously, uh, why they would leave Christian faith, I needed to take those reasons seriously. And so the first third of the book is just called No. Do I stay Christian? No. And I try mm. to present 10 powerful reasons not to stay Christian. And you, mm -hmm. you'd be familiar. Mm. I mean, some of these we've thought, others of these, even if I didn't think of it first, other people came to came to me and said, this is why I'm leaving or why I want to leave. And I would have to take what they were saying seriously. Um, and, um, and then, uh, and, and I, I should say, I knew I wanted to start the book with this no section. And when I got to the end mm. of it, I wondered, well, maybe this is the end of the book. <laughs> yeah, I've, that's the it. I've convinced myself. myself. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Um, and then I said, okay, are there ways to s say yes to staying Christian, even with our eyes wide open to the no? And um, so that was really the task of the second part of the book. And then when I got to the end of the second part of the book, I thought, I think there are real reasons to stay Christian. And I think there are real reasons to leave Christian faith. And no matter what I say, some people are going to stay and some mm. people are going to leave. Let's be honest. Yeah. Some people are going to stay for good reasons and they're going to stay for bad reasons. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, honest reasons, dishonest reasons, mm. and they're going to leave for both. Mm. Um, and so then it's interesting Joe, that as I wrote the book, what I realized is in some ways, whether you stay or go isn't the deepest question, <laughs> because if you leave because the Christian faith is causing you problems and other people problems, the problems don't go away. <laughs> and if you stay, <laughs> exactly. the problems don't go away. So then that raises to me the deeper question of what kind of a human being do I want to be, yeah. whether I stay Christian or not? And that is what the third part of the book that I just called, how, how do we want to live? 
uh, is structured around. So three parts. Yeah. Uh, no. Yes. How? Yeah. Well, you know that this this just sounds great. And, I, you know, you start off with that lovely story about um, writing a letter to your children. Yes. Uh, and I, th I found that quite um, moving because, uh, you know, I'm sure you're a great dad, but you wanted to say to your kids, listen, you know, I got some stuff right and I got some stuff not so right. Mm -hmm. And um, and I want to be honest with you about that. And that felt like such a great metaphor mm -hmm. for the humility that I think we need to approach the public or however you call them now. <laughs> you know, yeah. the, like we've got to we've got to hold our hands up to to some of the stuff that's been going on that is part of our heritage and and who we are so i wonder if you'd mind sort of to just taking a i don't know whether you want to take us through all 10 you know i don't know how long you've got but but I, it would be nice to give a sketch overview a bit of sure. well you know you're asking the question do i stay christian and you know maybe i'm not sure that i do want to identify in any way with that label so what would be some of the reasons to your way sure. of thinking? I'll try to give just a yeah. quick overview. Thank the you. first thing I should say is that in the introduction, uh, which is called A Religion is Many Things, I, I give 11 different substantial definitions of what it means to be a Christian, mm. different definitions. Yeah. Some of them can, can overlap. But what I realize is that, for example, I was brought up in a very conservative evangelical setting where to be a Christian is really defined by belief. Do yeah. you believe certain ideas or teachings or doctrines? Um, but I realize other people, that's not how they define Christianity. It's defined primarily by an experience or mm. by an authority structure, or for some people, it's really a cultural identifier. Mm. So the word can mean many different and opposite mm -hmm. things. And I think we have to start by saying that that's just a fact. It means yeah. different things to different people. Now, this or that person might say, I have the only true definition. Well, that's fine. <laughs> the other 10 people might say the same thing <laughs> of theirs. Um, yeah. But in the no section, the first reason uh, is because Christianity has been vicious to its mother. And there I'm referring to the long history of Christian anti-Semitism. Yeah. And I think it's important to include this because relatively few Christians that I meet have ever really heard anything close to the history of Christian anti-Semitism. Um, and, and I was writing this book during the pandemic and a lot of people, a lot of Christians, even ones who take their faith very seriously, maybe studied church history, mm. never heard, for example, that over hundreds of years when pandemics spread through Europe, the church would respond to the pandemic by killing Jews. Wow. because they would blame Jews for the pandemic. Wow. Um, and there was this, and, and, and that's just one example of, uh, of anti-Semitism. Um, Joe, I never knew this until uh -huh. uh, just a couple of weeks ago that uh, your country kicked out all Jews for a few hundred years. Um, I, yeah. I, I wish I'd known that. I would have included it in the book. But uh -huh. um, I think many, many British Christians would be shocked to find yeah. out that Christian England uh, kicked out the Jews wow. um, for for several hundred years. Um, the second uh, chapter, I talk about Christianity's suppression of dissent. Um, and if and this is about the history of how Christians mm. treat their fellow Christians who do not conform. 
Mm. And again, uh, in fact, this chapter was so disturbing to write. Um, some of the material in the chapter, my editor said, I really don't think you should put that in. She said, since mm. I read it, I can't, I can't get it out of my mind. It's so graphic. Yeah. And so I told her, I really think I should, I think people need to know this. So I included that information in an appendix yeah. um, with sort of a trigger warning. But what mm. Christians have done to their fellow Christians, stunning. The third chapter it, I, I call because of Christianity's high global death toll and life toll. And this is the impact mm. of Christian on non-Christian violence, the way Christians yeah. have treated non-Christians that they've encountered. And again, it's a mm. history that many people are not aware of, especially something called the Doctrine of Discovery, which is a critical document that I talk about in the book that unleashed the era of colonialism. Mm. And then uh, subsequent chapters, I talk about institutionalism, um, mm. the power of money in Christian communities, <laughs> the, the toxic combination of yeah. whiteness and patriarchy. So this favoring of white men across our history and mm. right to the present um, because of the lack of transformation that people seem to experience. Yeah. Uh, in my country, for example, uh, the, about, oh, now it's about 20 years ago, um, uh, almost 20 years ago, uh, when you may remember during the U.S. invasion of Iraq, there was something called the Abu Ghraib incident where uh, American soldiers tortured Iraqi prisoners. And research was done into how many, what percentages of people support the use of torture. And uh, white evangelical Christians led the way in the support mm. of torture. Um, oh, uh, and then uh, because of Christianity, what I call great wall of bias, which I call constricted intellectualism, which is one of the more important things I've ever written, really. And, and then so uh, what is constricted the, intellectualism? Just unpack that a little bit. So a lot of people think that Christianity is anti-intellectual mm. and there may be certain places where that's true. But I think what's more true is that Christianity encourages the use of the mind to defend what we already think mm. and uh, and discourages the use of the mind for self-critique or wow. to honestly assess data. Right. And and in a certain sense, you're worse off with constricted intellectualism than with anti-intellectualism, <laughs> because in a sense, mm. you're always building up the wall so that you can't see anything outside of it. Sure. Yeah. And um, that makes sense. so that's uh, the ninth. And then mm. the 10th chapter is just because of demographics uh, mm. that um, there's a certain kind of self-perpetuating downward spiral that uh, that we can see going on that would make people less interested, especially young people, less interested in staying part of the Christian faith. So those are 10 yeah. substantial. Uh, sure. And, issues. and, you know, not, not easy reading um, some of it. Now, assuming people have made it to the 10th chapter, <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's shift gears. <laughs> yes. What hope can you give us? Yes. So um, here's the way I'd say it. Um, I, I wouldn't uh, I, I wouldn't even exactly want to frame it in terms of hope, uh, because in some ways mm. what happens in the second part is I don't say, oh, things aren't as bad as 
Mm. I thought uh, I'm saying, no, things are really that bad. And there is mm. no way to minimize how bad yeah. some of our history and frankly, some things that are going on in the present. I've been stunned, Joe, in the last few weeks here in my country, yeah. and I'm sure yeah. you all, you know, yeah. read the news. Yeah, no, we've the, been very the aware. Term I am, the term I am hearing come up again and again is Christofascism. Wow. And what's interesting to me is how many white evangelicals and white Catholics are now beginning to talk about what's happening in their forms of white Christianity as Christofascism. Like mm. more and more people are being, uh, uh, you know, deeply alarmed by what's happening. So what I do in mm. the second half is I say, look, if you are a Christian and you're thinking about leaving, what are the reasons to to stay? Hmm. And some of those reasons are not because things are getting better. Some of those reasons are because if you care about being a good person, if you actually hmm. love Jesus and want to follow Jesus example, yeah. then you might want to need to do this, even if things are getting worse. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, um, and so in those chapters, I talk about how the every act of leaving in a certain sense hurts the other people in the Christian faith who are trying to make things better mm. and helps the people who, you know, many of us think are making things worse. Mm. Um, so paying attention to my departure. Now, that's not to say nobody should leave. Mm. Um, some people have to leave because for them, the Christian faith has become like an abusive family. It's and toxic. They need yeah. to leave for their mental health and their even mm. their survival. Um, and then uh, the next chapter, I say, because leaving defiantly or staying compliantly are not my own, only options. Mm. And I talk about the option of staying defiantly, um, staying mm. to make a difference in the community. Um, the next chapter I talk about, because where else would I go? Um, and, mm. and I talk about the fact that even leaving, if the Christian faith is creating problems for you, hmm. um, you don't necessarily lose those problems by going somewhere else. Sure. The problems may follow you. Sure, I've noticed that with a number of friends who've left church. Um, we're always good reasons, but actually they have found not going to church also deeply unsatisfying. Um, yes. So it's this kind yes. of weird paradox of like, well, if I go to church, I just end up getting angry and, you know, annoyed and like, <laughs> I, I don't want to be here. But when I leave and I don't do that, I miss community. And, you know, I, I'm still not somehow feeding my soul. Yes, yes, yes. That's so well said. And, and I also think there's something that happens to people where they leave and they say, well, at least I'm not promoting something that I saw oh. as causing harm. Yeah. But am I actually making things better? And where can mm. I find a place to make things better? Yeah. And the, the interesting thing is when you try to find a community to make things better, you keep encountering the same problems again and again. <laughs> <laughs> so some part of one of the big sort of, this is so obvious in one way, but when you see it and you feel it, you can't unsee it. And that is this, that the problems in Christianity are tied to deep problems in humanity. Yeah. Yeah. And, sure. uh, and so that, that's the, that, uh, chapter. The next chapter I talk about, it would be a, a shame to leave a religion in its infancy. And I <laughs> okay. suggest that the Christian religion 
in, in many ways is a young and immature religion. Um, and to look at older and more mature religions, we have to look at Judaism, Buddhism, Hinduism, um, that at least have a couple of centuries on us. And, mm. uh, and, and it, what that does is it allows us to see the problems in Christianity as not being unchangeable, but as being problems that we have developed mm. and we grew into them, we could grow out of them. The next chapter right. is in many ways one of the most important. Be, it's because of our legendary founder. And that's yeah. where I just talk about the about the figure of Jesus. Jesus is a problem for some people, but usually it's not because of the Jesus we encounter in the Gospels, although that can create some problems too. But it's because of what the Christian religion requires us to say or think mm -hmm. or do about Jesus. So, but Re, but I, I should say, all the hundreds of moments of my life where I felt like leaving Christianity, n not one of them has been, you know, Jesus said to love your enemy and not strike back when you're struck. But Donald Trump said, if somebody hits you, hit him back 10 times as hard. I'd like to follow Donald Trump. Forget <laughs> about Jesus. I mean, sure. nothing like that has ever happened yeah. for me. And then yeah, other, <laughs> there's a couple of chapters where I talk about innocence and how the, the act of separating yourself from the problems of the Christian religion could have an unintended negative consequence. I call it the cult of innocence. Um, and then I talk about the, the fact that Christianity is changing. And I talk about, I think the, um, there's a chapter called to free God. That is really one of the, uh, another, uh, one of the most important things I think I've ever written in my life, which is this sense that the idea of God has been captured by certain forms of Christianity. And that idea of God needs to grow. Mm. And many of us, maybe a good reason to stay is to help that help free God from some of our unhelpful concepts about God. And then the last chapter, is called because of Fermi's paradox and the great filter. And the basic idea there is that I think we're at an inflection point in the human mm. species. I mean, on a day of record breaking heat, yes, in, in a in a in a time of ecological crisis, political crisis, economic inequality and injustice, racial hatred and fear, um, the human race is in trouble, and um, and the Christian faith is going to play a role in its demise unless more of us can help the Christian faith play a role in yeah. its survival. Yeah. And that is quite a positive note um, to finish that section on, isn't it? Yes. So, million dollar question, Brian, how? <laughs> yes. What's yes. <laughs> the way through? What? Let's just say that we're convinced or, or we're still confused. Should I stay or should I go? Yes. Um, what might be some steps through now? So, um, and, and what I tried to do in this third part is, um, I guess a, a way to say it is, if I accept it as a reality, and I, I think uh, my, my friend and colleague Richard Rohr often defines contemplation as a long and loving look at reality. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and if I just tried to say what is reality. Well, reality is a lot of people are going to stay Christian and a lot of people are not. Mm. And so, uh, and what I realize is that if, 
if you leave Christianity, you have to wake up the next day and say, well, what kind of person do I want to be? Right. And if you stay Christian, you really ought to wake up the next day and say, well, what kind of person do I want to be? And so I talk in the last section about eight things that the eight kind of dimensions of that mm. how question one being to uh, to learn to think in terms of stages and human development. Yeah. And to realize that staying or leaving in a religion or ideology or, or denomination or church or whatever is in many ways grappling with things that I'm outgrowing and things that I want to grow into. Mm. And I think that way of thinking could really help people to, to stop focusing on the label and yeah. focus more. What am I trying to outgrow and what am I trying seeking to grow into? So, I, so, so you're saying that perhaps maybe I used to be one kind of Christian and that's what I thought Christianity was, but perhaps now I'm getting a new understanding. So it's not that I have yes. to ditch it. I just have to acknowledge that, you know, I'm growing exactly. into something else, evolving. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. And, and, and the truth, a lot of people know this, but they've never been given permission to think about it. And, and that is that there are many different versions of Christian faith that are super, super different from each other mm. in terms of the stages of intellectual and emotional, and we might say, well, just human development that they encourage mm. and foster. Mm. And when people think they're outgrowing Christianity, they may be outgrowing a certain expression or stage of, of Christianity. So that's, uh, and, and even if you leave Christianity, I, I was just talking to somebody uh, the other day who said, I left Christianity and I made a lateral transfer. Uh, I left mm -hmm. fundamentalist Christianity and I became a fundamentalist atheist. And they mm -hmm. said, I realized that I had changed what I believed about the existence of God, but I had not grown. Yeah. I now was just yeah. as narrow-minded and judgmental yeah. and doctrinaire <laughs> yeah. about being an atheist as I was about being yeah. a Christian. And um, so that would be an example. Yeah. Uh, and then th the next chapter, I, I realized that at its worst, religion causes a lot of harm mm. um, in many different ways. But at its best, I think what one of the things that religion is about is about intentionally strengthening desires. Mm. Now, sometimes religion intentionally strengthens harmful desires. <laughs> mm. um, and and people's frustration is not just mm. with Christianity, it's with religion in general. It mm. used to be that the third largest religion in the world was Hinduism, with Christianity mm. at about 31 to 33% of the population, Islam at 21 mm. to 24% of the population, and Hinduism was 17%. But now secularism is uh, has outgrown Hinduism as a religious identity. Mm. And it's primarily because of people, even Christianity and Islam and Hinduism, the, the three largest religions. But the thing is, when you leave a religion, your desires are still being formed mm. <laughs> yes. um, by advertisers, by yeah. politicians, by more yeah. subtle influences. And so, that's the, I think we have to start paying attention to what desires are being formed in us. And then Excellent. the third chapter is one of my favorite chapters because it's called Rewild, but it's oh, about, wow. I think, yeah. in, in the presence of so many harmful words. And among other things, Christianity is a lot of words and ideas strung together. Hmm. Um, what happens when we lose confidence in the words and 
And at that point, I think there is a message stronger than words that we often get when we open ourselves in a profound way to the natural world. And if mm. we believe that there is anything like a creator or a God whose presence is felt mm. through the beauty of creation, then that argues for taking much more seriously that influence on us. And then uh, there's a chapter that talks about how we understand our life in terms of movements that we participate in. Very often Christianity is about an institution that you belong mm. to. Yeah. Um, but what about movements that we believe in and, and that are needed? And um, yeah, and the other, I talk about how we process what we need to throw away. Um, and uh, mm. that's in a chapter called Reconsecrate Everything. And then uh, I talk about the need to renounce and announce where we individually make clear, look, I'm a Christian, but I'm against this and this and this, mm. and I'm for this and this and this, and I want you to mm. know where I'm coming from because yeah. the word Christian can mean so many opposite things. Or mm. I'm not a Christian, but that doesn't mean X, Y, and Z. So yeah. we learn to make uh, clear where we're coming from. And then a uh, chapter about reality, staying loyal to the reality, reality, and then the final chapter about taking our humanity seriously. Wonderful. Well, uh, Brian, I think it's I is the most timely, possibly of any of your books. I mean, for me personally, on the journey, they've all been timely. They've been such a such a help, and and you're like a a kind of elder figure for us you're you're trailblazing the way and, and putting this stuff out there and um it's so so helpful how how do you think we get the most out of this book do you do people well, just actually read it for themselves or what well yeah and i think some people will have to read it from for themselves privately mm. because there's no one around that they could talk mm. to about it yet although can i just say joe it's why I have such great appreciation for you and others who do mm. podcasts like this, because in a way, for there are mm. many people, they can't speak out loud the questions they're having or the struggles mm. they're having if they told their parents or their spouse or their children or the people mm. at their congregation, they just fear they would be jumped on and labeled and 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 then have mm. and it would just make mm. everything in their life that's already yeah. rough, uh, make it worse. So often it's through a podcast or picking up a book that people are allowed to enter into a conversation that they can't find anyone yeah. uh, around to talk to. Sure. Um, but um, what I suggest at the end of the book that if it's possible that people find a couple of friends mm. who they know are having the same questions and actually, and, and I, at the end of the book, I sort of give a very simple way that people mm. could uh, enter yeah. into needed conversations with some friends. And the book yeah. would stimulate conversations that in the long run, maybe, way, in fact, I'm, I'm quite sure it would be more important than the book itself. Mm. Oh, bless you. Well, Brian, um, thank you so much. Thanks for coming on the hottest day in our history although i don't know that it's the hottest day in your history but it's, it certainly is here just so people know it's tuesday the 19th of july so that was the hot one you'll remember <laughs> yes. but brian we're so grateful to you and any plans to come to the uk i actually will be at greenbelt this year so oh, i'm fabulous. looking forward to it and right before greenbelt on that thursday night i'll be in london hosted by oasis so oh if... fabulous dear steve yeah. chalk yeah that's terrific that's right and uh, can I just say, yeah. I, I, you know, I know that on this hottest day, um, yeah. uh, 
I think well over a thousand people have already have already died because mm. of this heat. Mm. And Europe, yeah. it's just a reminder to us that people can argue from morning to night about what this or that doctrine and whether yeah. they're a member of this or that religion, and they mm. can feel so righteous and so mm. sure of themselves. And meanwhile, we're letting the world yeah. uh, be disrupted and thrown off balance. And meanwhile, more yeah. and more power is being accumulated by fewer and fewer people. And that's why to me, the only way to ask the question of staying Christian that makes sense is to say, what kind of human being am I going to be yes. <laughs> because yeah. of my faith? So this is a good day to have, even though it's a hard, yeah. and hot day. It's a good yeah. day to have this conversation. It so really is. Brian, we're so grateful to you. Thanks so much for taking time out. I'm sure it's a busy time for you, but thanks so much for making time for us. And I know I speak I, not obviously on behalf of Nick and myself, but, but on behalf of all our listeners. Thank you so much, mate. Thank you. Bless you. Well, that was Joe interviewing Brian McLaren on his book, Do I Stay Christian? Uh, a guide for the doubters, the disappointed and the disillusioned. And what a great interview. Is uh, it? Oh, just so thought provoking. There's so much in there. Yeah. It, it, it feels like, you know what it feels? I haven't read the book, but, um, you know, it just feels like this is probably going to become the official handbook of the podcast in a way <laughs> i think it might do you know i was wondering whether we should do a book club <laughs> it's it's that important yeah it is important well it's almost like that is the sort of standard question we get asked such a lot and mm. you know we have been asked approached about doing a mm. book anyway that's linked to the podcast but i mean I, th I think it would be this kind of thing about it seems to cover the same ground really but anyway yeah. i just thought it was very rich loads of really good stuff in there which I'd like to sort of pick up on. Yeah. But we're not going to do that now. We're going to do that next week. But but I wonder just quickly, Joe, whether there's anything, you know, one thing or one thing particularly that really struck you. What was the uh, what was the one thing that you really took away from the book and the interview? Um I <clears throat> I I think the thing is there's I what I love about um anyone actually is just real brutal honesty just put things out as they are yeah. say it like it is tell i can handle it just tell me and i think throughout the book he writes you know clearly passionately and you know with real honesty so let's not hide from our heritage let's not hide from the problems that there are uh, in the church and there have been with the church because everyone outside the church knows these are the problems why it's time for us to face them and to talk about what we're going to do really about them. Uh, so I, I, like you say, what I take away from the book is that this is a really timely book. I want to encourage everyone who is able to, to get a copy and, and to read it through. And um, I think we will return to the themes that he is expressing in this book over and over and over again, mm. for sure. Mm. Yeah. Well, great. So, um, We'll be we'll be back next week with I guess some discussion about that interview, and uh, uh, yeah. So if you if you've got any points you want to raise, anything that's really struck you, do mm. send us an email, and you send that to Joe at midfaithcrisis.org. Love to see, it. and I should say, in the spirit of openness and honesty, I still got to finish it. I'm still ploughing through it. So oh okay, um, yeah yeah yeah. I still got to finish. I, I mean, it's just it's great. It's absolutely rich. Yeah. Great. Mm. Well, will you have finished it by next week? I hope so. 
that'd be good. Yeah, okay. Well, make sure you do. And I'd like uh, an essay as well, please, <laughs> handed in. 1,500 words, 2,000, what do you think? 1,500 words. And make sure you get the spacing between the words properly and all the spelling correct. You know what you like. <laughs> there is no chance of the spelling being correct. <laughs> None whatsoever. In no. fact, I'll deliberately write it on my iPhone. <laughs> oh, joy. That is useful. <laughs> Some of that autocorrect is, is absolutely joyful. Anyway, yeah, thank you very much for listening, everybody. Thank you to all those who support the podcast. That's very kind of you. And uh, we will be back with you next week. Yeah, and a massive thanks to Brian McLaren. Mm-hmm. Oh, good man. See you next week. Thank you.